Matt Gallant and Wade Lightheart are the co-founders of BioOptimizers. They're an organization helping people achieve superhuman health. They are the co-authors of the Ultimate Nutrition Bible. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to have you two on. So it's a little bit tricky, but we will thread the needle. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work and why you're doing what you are doing. I got us started. I mean, I've been, we're both from Eastern Canada, small part of, small province called New Brunswick from a small city named Moncton. Yeah, I was obsessed with bodybuilding in my teenage years. Then I became a trainer, had my degree in kinesiology, a degree in the science of physical activity. When I met along that journey, his mom used to train at our gym. She's she's the sweetest lady ever. Wade came back to visit. We struck up a conversation. Then I moved to Vancouver where Wade was. Wade and I were hanging around and Wade was winning national natural bodybuilding championships as a vegetarian. I was building businesses on the internet and I said, well, I think we can market that. It's really weird. Nobody's really doing that. So 2004, we launched a product called Freaky Big Naturally. It's a bodybuilding program, natural bodybuilding program. And we were successful right out of the gate. And a lot of sub stories there, but fast forward to about 2014, we rebranded to Bioptimizers and focused on digestive health. And in the, in the most recent years, focused on nervous system, sleep, cognitive optimization. And now we've just launched a new book called The Ultimate Nutrition Bible, which we worked on for about three years. Wade? Yeah, both of us uh, had a passion for helping people get fitter, faster, and live longer and stronger. And we did it using different strategies. Matt being a more ketogenic-centric type trainer. And I was more on the plant-based, if it fits your macro side for people who weren't on the plant-based. And so we had a lot of arguments and um, those arguments developed into discussions as we abandoned our egocentric positions and started going for the actual truth. And what we realized is that there we had more in common in our dietary strategies than the variants. And now with genetic testing and the array of tests that are available for people, we began to parse out the elements that create individual variants. Everybody goes, everybody is different. Well, that's a great statement, but if you don't know how you're different or how to optimize around your unique challenges and opportunities with your genetics or your microbiome or your hormones or whatever, then you're left lost and you're falling prey to dietary fad dynamics. And that is, you know, very charismatic individuals, uh, the high end of the bell curve of people who change their lives around this and that or become the advocates and the testimonials. And you fall into that. And oftentimes that's suboptimal. And the evidence says that this, you know, we, and we've seen this a million times, that's probably an exaggeration, but tens of thousands of times, the average person has goes between six different diets and doesn't maintain their body fat loss after three to five years. They're back, oftentimes worse before, lower muscle mass, and demoralized, essentially. Well, nothing seems to work for me. And what this buck does is we unify the theories around diet and the strategies around diet 
And then we address issues that almost no diet actually addresses, like spiritual and cultural commitments, psychological and emotional tendencies, how diets need to be around your goals, how nutritional supplements are tied specifically to your genetics, why you do the things you do that you seem to can't control, and then how to use specific strategies in order to offset that so that it becomes automatic, that you don't have to worry about things and that you get mastery of your diet and move from disempowered to empowered. And there really isn't a dietary book like it. It reads like a textbook, but the idea is you kind of choose your own adventure, follow the things that work for you, and you don't have to pay attention to the next. And then you know exactly what the next strategy or what the next test or whatever you need to do and implement it. And I think any person that goes through this book will be able to discover exactly what works for them in the short term and how to adapt to emerging goals as you get better and better. Because that's the typical thing that happens is first is I want to lose weight. Then it's like, well, what else can I do when you move to that empowered state? And that's where we really want to get people to being excited about their nutrition journey as opposed to dreading it. That's a really... All of that's really interesting. Thank you. What what percentage of people who are at that stage where we're excited about it versus, oh my gosh, I'm going to screw this up or I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to eat right. You have a sense of that? Well, again, only 3% of people succeed long-term. 97% of people fail with their diet goals. What percentage of people are on a diet at any one time? I think I saw some stats recently Typically, about 30 to 40% of the population will attempt a diet on a yearly basis. But again, most, most fail, most give up. And we're here to provide hope because there is a solution. And unfortunately, people want a magic bullet. We're not here to sell magic bullets. We're here to sell a complete system. You know, we really wanted to create the most comprehensive, unbiased nutrition book and get rid of the nonsense. There's so much nonsense out there. There's so much extremism, fear mongering, fad diets. I mean, we've seen it all come and go. And we're just here to again end the diet wars and provide people really practical, long-term, sustainable diet advice. I think that that's great. 97 percent of people fail at their dieting goals. I guess I'm not surprised by that. And yes, we are excited about hacks and shortcuts and this, that, and the other thing. And I'd love to have you guys back on at some point to talk about the diet pills that are out there, but that's probably beyond the scope of our conversation today. I imagine that there are some first principles that it comes to dieting. Maybe that's, and I, I appreciate that the throwaway line that everybody's different, but maybe, maybe a better question is, how do I know if I'm different than you two? How do I know what what my body is, what my nutritional, what 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 the right path is for me? Wait, do you want to talk about the pyramid? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you have to understand the context of you as a human and the social context. What does that mean? Your spiritual and cultural commitments. So I have friends who are Hindus that even if it was optimal for their genetics to eat, you know animal products, they won't do it because of that. I've got Islamic friends and, you know, they have to do Ramadan, even if fasting is not optimal particular for their diet. Then there's also, you know, uh, the emotional and psychological needs. 
humans are social creatures and your the social expectations and environments can be overwhelming for people in a diet as well as participating in your community or your family. Matt and I are from the fattest, unfittest province in the country, and we experienced tremendous around resistance from our families and our peer groups when we were attempting to, you know, optimize really lousy genetics, like left unchecked. Matt and I would be like 300 pounds unfit and demotivated. So we had to offset that. And of course, we come from an environment like that, and we really conscientious of the pressures, as well as how you develop, uh, how you unravel maybe suboptimal emotional and psychological patterns that are derailing you. You get a little progress and you set yourself back. Well, why is that? And we identify those and Matt can kind of share some of the, you know, the technologies that are out there that people have no awareness and very few people are talking about the diet. Then it's your goal. It's very different if you're a 70 year old trying to live a you know, another 25 years optimally versus a high performance athlete, you know, at 20 years old, understanding the goal and the direction of that goal and the time frame that you are at life, as well as, you know, do you want to be, you know, a fitness competitor? Do you want to have great cognitive health? Do you want to lose body fat? Do you need increased, you know, muscle mass? All of those goals are also going to determine what's optimal for you at that given time. And then if you choose to change that goal, how do you you know, alter that without being too identified with some structure. Calories and macros, we break that down in the five major dietary strategy, like or, or philosophies that are out there. Nutrigenomics, which is basically how do you turn off suboptimal genetics and turn on the optimal sides, you know, using nutrition essentially as a, a lever to take, you know, and you, you know, your genetics are, aren't a complete curse, uh, despite what some people might believe or what's being promoted inside the, the media right now, is that they won't necessarily be expressed if you know what to do nutritionally or for other health aspects. Then your gut biome. We came to fame as a company because we provide the most, most robust, effective, digestive health products in the world. 13 or 12 or 13% of the people, I forget the exact number, Right now, are, are in the emergency hospital component, going to the hospital in, a, in, in an ambulance or an emergency situation is gastrointestinal-related issues with a third of the population reporting some sort of digestive issue every day. That's because of the modern world. That's because of the inflammatory agents. That's because of a, a whole variety of factors. And understanding that you want to have a, a gut biome that supports your genetics as, as much as your goals, as well as much as your sustainable lifestyle. Then supplements. Supplements work if they are addressing the areas of your diet that's not being addressed. So no diet, you can't get a diet. You cannot eat, quote unquote, a balanced diet and get everyone you use. Anybody that's talking that nonsense is not qualified to enter the conversation. Just throw it out right away. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay. And everybody that's an expert understands this. And why do some supplements work for some people and other people? Because that supplement has a number of the quality that's, there's a quality factor, but there's also, is it because that supplement's addressing a dietary need? To give you an example, magnesium in the North American diet is probably the biggest deficient mineral. And it's almost impossible regardless of the diet strategy to get that. So why do most people, when they take our magnesium breakthrough, experience a benefit? Because they've been suboptimal for their entire life. Simple as that. 
And you can go down the list of supplements, and that's why you'll get a variance on effectiveness. Food allergies and sensitivities. Um, Food allergies and sensitivities are a combination of two things. It's a hyperimmune system response, and there's two reasons for that on a particular One, there's a collective uh, amount of damage being done to the system that your body's trying to deal with, inflammatory response. And then there's specific elements that are even more inflammatory for the person. So we offer twofold strategies to reduce the overall stimulation of the body that'll give you more variance, as well as how do you cut out the things that are most disruptive for you so that your lifestyle becomes easy to follow. And that's the final key of the puzzle is about making a diet and a strategy that fits all of those components and you don't even have to think about it. It's automatically, it's integrated into your life in an easy format that it's you know easy to sustain and that you don't have to spend all this time, energy and resources on it. And if you follow the principles inside the book and you go through this step-by-step, we believe confidently that no matter what dietary strategy that you feel more inclined to follow, you can optimize it for your individuality and be successful over time. And that's our goal to help people get out of the struggle and the feeling bad and nothing works for me into the empowered and saying, I didn't know this. Now I do. And it's so easy for me to activate and feel good about my diet. And when we do that, we're going to change the face of the uh, face of the population and reverse the direction we're heading as a society. Matt, anything to add? Subtract? No, you covered the whole pyramid there. So we're good. Yeah, I think that that's excellent. And it's it's not not a lot. So you uh, and you, I think. On that point, I think it's important that you just start with one thing, right? For most people, the average person's eating around 3,500 calories a day. They're burning around 2,700. So again, most people have a seven, 800 calorie surplus, and that's why we have an obesity epidemic. And I think you know something we learned as trainers is give people two or three things to work on and then let people build those habits lock them in, and then give them new habits to establish. So it's not about completely overhauling your life, although sometimes that's necessary. I think just starting with a few simple things, implementing those, whether it's improving breakfast, improving lunch, improving dinner, not snacking or overly snacking at night, all of these things can have a massive impact. And then you just keep going to the next thing. Eventually, yes, do a DNA diet test, which we'll be releasing in the next few months, things like that. But yeah, you don't need to do everything. And this book is not really designed to be read cover to cover. You want to read what's interesting and relevant to you right now. It's a definitely a choose your own adventure type of book. It's such a tricky thing, getting people to change behavior. And I imagine I work in personal finance, so I I try to help people change their financial behaviors, but I don't put money in my mouth and I have not been dealing. Well, I sort of have, but we've been dealing with money and it just or rather food, obviously, every day of our lives. And it touches everything. It's something we do when we celebrate. We do it with friends. We do it with family. And that's what you were talking about with customs and, and community and stuff like that. So part of me says, maybe I do need to to really go all in to make these changes, but so few people are gonna be able to do that. 
And this is this is the stuff that you all have con- committed your lives to. So I appreciate that. It's just such a it's it's and it's such a hard problem. Matt, you want to talk about the emotional freedom techniques because really it's the unconscious patterns that take you out. Yeah, I've been I've been really passionate about cleaning house emotionally for the last decade. At a coach, he he introduced me to EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, also known as tapping. Super simple to do and quick to learn. You can go to YouTube, find some videos, and literally in five minutes, you'll be using it quite effectively. Then I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, and that really revealed the problem, which is our nervous systems store trauma and then causes us to either react overly react to things we shouldn't be overly reacting to because they remind us of things that hurt us in the past. Or we're going to start using things like food, drugs, other things to subdue the pain, right? Basically, that's what a lot of people do. And food is a powerful substance. I mean, you can absolutely crank your dopamine and serotonin if you eat a hyper palatable, sugar-loaded, fat-loaded, Flavor loaded, salt loaded food. You know, go go eat a donut at Sidecar. <laughs> Wade and I have done that. I mean, you know, they've done the scans, and your brain lights up at the same areas and almost at the same level of magnitude as people who do heroin. Hmm. Now, why do people do that? Again, serotonin kind of stabilizes you. Dopamine obviously feels good for a short period of time, and. It, really, the long-term answer is we need to clean house emotionally and using tools like EFT or neurofeedback or EMDR can really be transformative in terms of reducing that those reactive stress eating responses. And a lot of people stress eat, I think on some level we all do, uh, Wade and I are no exceptions, but I've definitely noticed over the last few years that as of clean house, I just don't have that impulsive, compulsive food, you know, using food as a drug behavior like I used to. And again, I definitely had it for a long time. Yeah, certainly. I think that we've all probably done that and still do for uh, goodness sakes. I mean, you know, we talked about having the donut or whatever it might be or that whatever it is, we we all have something or certainly have had something. Um, knowing is such a big part of it. Once I'm aware, oh, wow, it is a pattern of mine to eat when I'm stressed. And okay, now that I've, now I understand better about what macros are. And I understand about the, whatever it is that that, 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 that really fits my life, that's going to stay with me forever. And sometimes it is just taking some of those first steps. Yeah. One of my favorite chapters in the book is you know, how to win on any diet. And we go through 27 different psychological techniques that you can use to really increase your dopamine. I think there's been a lot of talk about dopamine all over the place the last few years, but very few people are talking about how you can architect and increase your dopamine in the right places. Of course, there's wrong sources of dopamine or bad dopamine loops. And uh, you know, I used to be a very active alcoholic and, and drug addict, and I've been in the program now for 14 years. So I understand the consequences of 
destructive dopamine loops. But we have the power to decide what's important in our minds. And as soon as we commit and truly decide that something's important, we just set the stage for dopamine. And Wade, why don't you walk through kind of starting from the vision and breaking that down? Because it's such a great illustration of architecting a literally like a multi-decade dopamine loop that got you to the world championships. Yeah. So how I did this, I just kind of stumbled onto it, I guess. And so I got lucky. And then now science is validating the process. Basically, when I was got first got into fitness and bodybuilding and stuff, I decided that you know Arnold Schwarzenegger was the guy at that time and the biggest successful star in the world and everything. And I put my mind of like, I want to compete at the Mr. Universe contest. And okay, well, if, if to do that, I'd have to, you know, win a professional championship and then to win a professional champion, I have to become qualified. So I have to win a national championship. Then I have to win a provincial or like a state championship. And then I have to win a local contest. And then in order to do that, I'd actually have to have some muscles. And in order to have some muscles that I, I need to start breaking down in increments about those muscle gains and being able to track how my progress is going both in the mirror on the tape measure and on the scale so that I literally could break down to what I was doing on today was actually contributing to my big goal that was so far off in the future. It seemed so un, almost unrealistic. In fact, everybody thought it was unrealistic around me, but that didn't disturb me because I knew that today I'm doing this and this is contributing to that. And as long as I can win the day, I can win the week. And if I win the week, I can win the month. And if I win the month, I can win the quarter. I can win the year. And we can only handle about 12 weeks of sustained focus. So by reverse engineering from the ultimate goal and, you know, and creating imagery around that, I think so I had pictures of people that the way I wanted to look, I read information of the successful people. I I followed the processes and learned how success people who did what I did, what did they do in order to do that? And so everything that I began to consume, everything that I began to do, everything that I began to think about revolved around the ultimate achievement of goal, but I've never lost sight of what I needed to do today or become overwhelmed by that. And that meant that every day I felt happy. I felt happy to be on my diet. I felt happy training in my barn. You know, it was a freezing cold barn that I built a, my first gym in. And I, I was excited about it because it meant in a world where I couldn't control anything, there was something I could control. And that was how I was showing up. And I was showing up for myself in a way that allowed me to eventually be successful. And once I achieved those results, my biggest, I can remember this happened right after my first 97 championship. I lost for 10 years straight. I hadn't won anything. I have no business of being a bodybuilder. I have terrible genetics. I remember the sense of feeling I had is that I achieved something on a, that literally took me 10 years to achieve with no evidence of success beforehand. And I said, you know what? This feeling, I want everybody to feel what I'm feeling right now. And I've dedicated my life to helping people feel that feeling, which is total confident, despite whatever advers uh, adversity you might feel or whatever anybody else might say to know that how you can do that. And this is what we, this is our gift to the world of around diets, because we feel we can make the most impact 
both in society and in people's lives in general, if we can help people overcome the, the, the limitations and the suboptimal information that's being promoted as truth around diets and all the confusion ensuing from it, because we need to get our population healthier and happier and more functioning to do the things that they do. It's, it's a tragedy what we see happening, and we want to invert that. Love it. Matt, anything to add to that? No, I, I think to break, to summarize what Wade's experience is, it's really about creating kind of a layer cake of dopamine loops, starting with that multi-year vision. But if that's all you've got, you're going to run out of dopamine. So breaking that down into yearly goals, quarterly goals, and we do that on a business level, you know, we use traction or measure what matters, OKRs, creating that re- that weekly reward cycle. So I went from 147 to 235 in three years. I used to get my body fat tested every week at the university. And that gave me like, if I gained 0.25 pounds of lean muscle mass in, in a week, I was excited, you know, so it just created that dopamine loop. Even on a workout level, I know Wade tracked his workout programs for a long time, adding an extra rep. Okay, I did an extra rep today on the incline bench. Again, these are all little dopamine loops. And something that's really powerful about dopamine is that it attenuates, it pushes down noradrenaline. Now, noradrenaline is another really powerful neurochemical. And when it gets too high, people quit. They've done the experiments with animals and they've identified, okay, here's the molecule of quitting once it goes past a certain threshold. Mm. But if you can generate enough dopamine, you will push that down. And there was a guy, a bodybuilder, he's one of Wade and I's idols, Tom Platts. And they call him the king of five reps. And no one trained legs as hard as Tom ever. That's never been done. Like he, he, we can get into crazy stories, but used to do like, you know, five, 10 sets of 25 reps with 425 pounds. And one of the things he would do is, okay, just five more reps. So he would create these micro dopamine loops that would generate more dopamine and allow him to push himself further and further. And I think David Goggins is another great example of a guy that's really hardwired the belief that the harder I train, the tougher this is. I woke up at three in the morning and it's snowing or it's raining or whatever it is that he really has, has wired his brain to believe that he's winning. So he's generating dopamine as he's doing really, really hard things. And that concept is something that everybody can apply, whether it's in the business world diet world, bodybuilding world, et cetera. So yeah, we have a whole chapter that really goes in depth into all the ways you can do that. We can all do hard things. Matt and Wade, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they connect and where can they get their copy of the Ultimate Nutrition Bible? Yeah, if you go to ultimatenutritionsystem.com forward slash lifeblood, you will get a discount. And we also filmed all of the content in the Hollywood Hills. So you have an entire video course if you prefer a visually engaging format. Wade, close us us out with some inspirational words. Well, I think everybody has to ask themselves and see where they're at in their life and recognize that the disability to adjustment life expectancy is 60 years old. And that means that you'll spend the last 25% of your life suffering needlessly 
not having the energy with your loved ones. And if you look at what that impact could be both to your children and your grandchildren, you're robbing not just yourself of a great future, you're robbing them of all the wisdom that you could trans, you know, communicate to them. And so in our experience, we haven't seen anything that adds more quality of life value in happiness, in health, in multi-generational benefits than to be to live and exist in a fit, healthy body. So whatever you invest in your body and your health and your nutrition and your lifestyle is going to pay you decades of dividends down the road for you and everybody inside your influence. And if you're someone who wants to get the most out of life, not calibrating for health is probably the biggest financial mistake a person could possibly make. Because imagine if you can extend your productive years another 10 years. Imagine if you can extend your life another 10 to 15 years to enjoy your hard work that you can do. And imagine the influence that you can have the generations to come when you're in that positions of health, you know, cognitive uh, perform like high high level of cognitive function and the ability to communicate a lifelong of lessons. One of the biggest challenges that's happened in our society today is pushing away the elders because they're drugged out, blown out, and incapable of you know vibing with the youth today. And what we need to do is invert that because we need our elders, we need our our people who have been there, done that, and experienced it to help trans transmit that information to the next generation. So you owe it to yourself, all the ancestors before that made those survivals and those wisdom things and the 10,000 generations to come in order to do that. And that's, we feel that we can provide that in the book to help you get your head around it, what to do, how to do it, and to reduce all the friction and confusion that's out there in the marketplace. Well said. If you enjoyed this much as I did, show Matt and Wade your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ultimatenutritionsystem.com slash lifeblood. Get your copy of the Ultimate Nutrition Bible. Take advantage of the of the video course as well if you want to consume it that way. And I mean, I figured out a couple of years ago that uh, the body that I had was not the one I wanted to bring with me into the next stage of my life. And so I committed to a lot of the principles that Matt and Wade have been talking about. And I'm excited to dig into my copy of the Ultimate Nutrition Bible and to take it to the next level because I'm 45 years old and 15 years from now, I'll be 60, which is what they just talked about. And I want to be as active and strong and fit and capable as I possibly can be for as long as I possibly can be to do all the things that they've just been talking about. So thanks again, Matt and Wade. Thank Thank you so much. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.